Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number four. We're going to look today at Caesarea Maritime. The reason I say maritime is because there's two Caesareas in the New Testament text. One is Caesarea Maritime, by that is Caesarea by the sea. And then there is Caesarea Philippi, which is in the northernmost finger of the nation of Israel then and now. And we'll talk about that at another time. But in our last podcast, we left Peter at Caesarea Maritime, Caesarea by the Sea with Cornelius. And so I want to talk about Caesarea today. If you journey to Israel, modern Israel, with a tour or a study group, you cannot but go by Caesarea by the Sea. It was the capital of the Roman Empire during the days of Jesus, and that is the Roman Empire in Judea. And so when Jesus was alive and the apostles were alive, Caesarea was the capital. That's where Herod the Great was. And so today I want to deal with just the importance of how critical that city was in New Testament days. The old port at Joppa was conquered over and over and over again, some eight to nine times. And so the Romans built a beautiful city and a beautiful port in the ancient city of Ashkelon. It was a Canaanite city originally, and uh, then the Philistines, no doubt, had conquered that area. It was along the coastal plain, and so it was used by the Romans, and then there was the Haifa port to the north, and we will deal with that in another podcast. But Caesarea was built by Herod the Great, and it was uh, really built and came to prominence about 22 B.C., is when Herod really put all of his efforts into building a great port city. Now, he had a lot of reasons for doing that. One was certainly money and commerce, because if the Roman ships and all of the other ships of commerce came into his own port that he built, he would get the revenue from that. And if you go there today, you can see one of the greatest preserved Roman cities that you will find anywhere in the world. It is absolutely stunning. It has a hippodrome that is by the sea that Josephus Flavius mentions in uh, his book of antiquities, and uh, it has a well-preserved Roman theater, what most Americans call an amphitheater, is really a theater. Amphi means uh, two sides, two hands, if you will, and so it is what we would call an arena, and what we call an amphitheater is actually a theater, and the theater that dates back to the days of the first century are there. And uh, you can see it. Many concerts are done there even to this day. But the greatest of all the accomplishments that Herod did at Caesarea Maritime that he named after the Caesar in Rome, Augustus, he built a port. It's an artificial port. Yes, he dredged it out and he built there with the first of what the Romans invented that would be called today hydraulic concrete. And uh, he built a city that had a northern entrance to it. Now, that's um, uh, the port. 
he built a port that had a northern entrance. Now, the reason that's important is because the Mediterranean Sea is actually a sea, and uh, it is non-tidal. And so there is no tide, but there is motion. At the Straits of Gibraltar, which is the European continent and the African continent, where you have a strait that is a very narrow entrance into the Mediterranean basin, and it flows counterclockwise. That is, it goes round and round and round, and it goes and flows along out of the Atlantic Ocean, uh, along the coast of North Africa. It picks up sands from the Sahara, and all the sand that is in Israel today came from the Saharan Desert by way of the Mediterranean Sea. And so as these currents went counterclockwise, they would go back out again, uh, having been joined uh, from the north through the Aegean Sea and the Adriatic Sea that separates uh, Greece and uh, Italy. They flow counterclockwise back out into the Atlantic. And so, parenthetically, that is where you get the term doldrums, because if you can imagine that great Mediterranean basin flowing counterclockwise with the wind, if you got in the middle of that flow, it would be like being in the vortex of a hurricane or the eye of a hurricane where there is no wind, where everything is calm, and that is called the doldrums. And that is a place where there's no wind, there's no direction, you're not going one way or the other. We still use that terminology today to talk about someone who is stuck, listless. They're not going one way or the other. It would be said about them, they're down, they're in the doldrums. That means they have no wind in their sails. That terminology is a nautical term, a maritime term that comes to us right from the language of the ancient mariners who sailed the Mediterranean Sea. And so, King Herod, Herod the Great, known, by the way, and called the Great not for his military prowess like Alexander the Great, but rather for his architectural and building abilities because he built some of the greatest wonders of the ancient world. One of those was this city, this ancient city where Cornelius lived, where Peter came and opened up the gospel. And it was there, according to Acts chapter 12, that Herod Agrippa uh, was killed by the angel of the Lord on an occasion, you can read about it in the book of Acts chapter 12. But so much of the New Testament revolved around the city of Caesarea, which uh, Herod built in order to draw traffic in, and he built a beautiful palace. As you know, if you go see these ruins, they are finding more and more, digging up more and more of Israel. And uh, they have now found a freshwater pool that was uh, near the palace jutting out into the Mediterranean that was called by Herod the Cleopatra Pool. And they've even found it with beautiful, colorful mosaics that any tourist can go and see today at Maritime, at Caesarea Maritime. And so this port city uh, was there, and it had its entrance to the port, unnatural, built, man-made port from the north. Why from the north? Because if the opening had been from the south, then all of the sands would have continually clogged up the entrance to the port, and he would have continually been dredging and dredging and dredging, and that would have taken up manpower, it would have taken up um, energy and money that the Romans did not want to spend. And so in his genius, uh, the southern part where you would normally enter into a port like this, 
was instead to the north by design. When you go to Caesarea today, you will see all of these things, and they will be explained by your teachers and your expert guides who will guide you along the way. But biblically, in the New Testament, hardly any cities are more important than Caesarea. And it was there again that more important than anything else, the gospel was opened up to those who were non-Jews. Peter spent time there. Paul gave his defense there before Felix and Festus, uh, and that was where um, um, that was where Pontius Pilate would have been when he made his way up to Jerusalem to stay in Jerusalem. Remember, during the Passover, why did um, Pontius Pilate go up from that beautiful port city up to Jerusalem to the what was the capital, the eternal capital of the Jews, to his garrison there? because it was Passover. He was there because if there was going to be rebellion among the Jewish people, if they were going to throw off the yoke of Roman slavery and savagery, it would be during the remembrance of God's great deliverance from Egyptian bondage as well. And so that is why all of these procurators and all of these prefects would have made their way, these governors would made their way during these vulnerable times to Jerusalem, which was capital of the Jews. But Jerusalem was not the capital, the Gentile capital of Judea, Samaria, and the Galilee. No, in Judea, it was Caesarea by the sea or Caesarea Maritime. It's just another place on the way. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.